Well, welcome back to the podcast conversation with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. And um, I'm, I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz. And we are going to have a conversation with someone today because everyone has a story. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk about some things that we like to talk about. Uh, sometimes they're informative. Sometimes they are random. Sometimes they demonstrate how ignorant we are. Oh, mostly. So today will probably be one of those, right, Tom? Yeah, because there's a significant thing that happened We're today. recording this on the day that Queen Elizabeth uh, died, Yep, which is very sad. She was a great, great woman. Sister in Christ, I think. Uh, genuinely, I think that she had a warm heart for the Lord. Uh, I think she's, some people said that she came to faith in Christ genuinely when Billy Graham was around. Oh, wow. But anyway, um, yeah, she has been a longtime church-going woman. She took her... Did you know that the, the monarch in England is actually the vicar of the church? <laughs> I Meaning didn't. that they're like the head of the Church of England, yeah. the Anglican Church. Yeah. So she was actually the head of the Anglican Church, and she took that pretty seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it was not something that she was going to do without actually having some form of belief. So... Sad. I don't know her. Yeah, me either. But uh, I, and I, I, we were talking about this earlier, and I had to confess that I was woefully ignorant about just the queen and the monarch in uh, in England. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I, okay. I obviously knew of her. Tommy, let's let's do a little bit of. Uh, oh gosh. Let's do a little. Do, okay, this is an interview with a Wisconsinite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the on the day of the queen's death. Yep. Let's find out uh, um, how much the Queen has mattered to this particular American, Tommy Kreitz. Yeah, wow, Tommy, this, this feels bad. Tommy, what is the Queen's? What was the Queen's husband's name? Yep, that was um, Charles. No, that's no, her son. That's her son. Sorry, he's now the king. Yep, he is now the king. Yeah, yep. you don't know the guy's name. They called him Prince something. Yeah. I, it, my mind wants to go to Henry. I feel like that's no, wrong. No. Philip. Are you? Yeah. yeah that's it. Philip. See, he was in Phillip. there. It was rattling around. Just takes a second to right. get out. Yeah. Is he, is he alive? No. He, wait, is he? I actually don't know. I'm asking you. I have no idea. Yeah. He passed away during okay. COVID. In fact, and she had that. to say one of the saddest pictures that's... during COVID was the picture of Queen Elizabeth sitting in a, sitting in the church all alone with her mask on. Mm. Mourning her husband's death. They were married for like 70, close to 70, like 70 years, actually, the same amount of time that she was on the throne. Because oh, wow. I think she she started on the throne right after her father had a heart attack. Mm. And, I mean, he died suddenly. She was like 20, 25 years wow. old. And then all of a sudden, she's on the throne, and Prince Philip, her new husband, is like, they're they're <laughs> ruling the the country. She had, anyway. This is like a whole new level of like... Thing yeah. that I knew existed, but like knew almost nothing about, like the royal family. Like Kelly is my wife, uh -huh. infinitely more knowledgeable about the royal family, and you know because yeah. of the, I don't, I actually don't know why. Yeah, um, we at one point watched a ceremony. I don't even know what it was, but it was the Queen and I think Philip actually um, pre-COVID maybe, and they were watching some thing that was happening in a big <laughs> dirt yard. And their horses really? and like, yeah, I, don't, okay. I, I didn't know what it was. She was actually quite into the horses. She was very, very much uh, yeah. a fan of the the horses. Uh, so I do feel like I'm getting an education. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. I do feel like I'm learning uh, yeah. much more now than I, I knew. 
ever before. Yes. Well, actually, she is the, um, you know, like in the U.S., we have a constitution. Yeah, right. She's the living constitution, basically, yeah. of, of England. She stands for everything. A lot of people view her as the one who held the, basically held the, held the country together in many ways. Mm. Uh, so there's some fear, I think, in England about how the country might fragment a bit. Yeah. Without her consistency there. She saw through, I don't know how many prime ministers, I want to say it was like 16 or 17 prime ministers wow. that she that she met with over the years. Wow. After a few of them, you'd just be like, yeah, whatever, here you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how long are you, you going to last? Yeah, right. In fact, the newest prime minister in England just met with the queen the other day, which is interesting. So this is very exciting. I think I have more mm. interest in it because I have, I have, uh, English heritage. Yeah, see, I don't. And uh, so you have German heritage. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, leaders of Germany have yeah. you had an interest in in the past, mm. Tommy? Let me. <laughs> Angela Merkel? Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many, you know, um, <laughs> to choose. Do you from. not like, do you like history? You know, I, uh, I know, I know American history pretty well. I would say that, like, all right, all right, like right. world history, though, is a bit, is a bit more, um, not as much. I find it fascinating for sure. But as far as like, do I know like... You're, you are a true American. Americans yeah. are not supposed to care about the queen. It's part of our... No, it's, part of it. our it's part of our national heritage <laughs> that we kicked the queen and all that she stood for to the curb and went our own way. And uh, so that's why it doesn't surprise me that people in the States that it's don't... They're like, whatever, I don't... I know, I know there's many people who do, are yeah, very concerned kind of about it and, and think about... Yeah, maybe. Ways, right? So definitely interesting, though. Yeah, it is interesting. Anyway, I, one of these days we'll talk about your heritage and about how it is that... Uh, mm. How much you glory in some of the things that have happened in Germany over the years. Yeah, I'll try to steer us away from that conversation. Hey, look, we're wearing the, the same shirt today. <laughs> We are. I've kind of fallen into the Harvest Bible Chapel uh, culture. It's happened. Where all you do is wear swag yeah. that you got from Harvest Bible Chapel. Well, here's the thing is that when you get a, you know, when, when you get a shirt, it's polite to wear it, you know, or else like... Do you why? wear other... Again, though, we've talked about this before. We have. You, you, you wear an awful lot of shirts. Tommy, mm-hmm. be, uh, from the church, Tommy, how far away from the from the... Give us an update on your training for the marathon. Wow. Maybe by the time that this is out, we'll be pretty close, I think, to the to the marathon. So uh, let's... Okay. So training is happening. Okay. It's terrible, though. Like you said, like... Do you wake up in the morning know, and just think, I don't want to do this at all? Yeah, 100%. I, I actually asked my wife. I got home from my long run this week, uh, which we made like 15 or 16 miles. And I got home and I just looked at Kelly and I said, why am I doing this? Yeah. And she goes, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go run some more. (laughs) I asked you earlier today if you're going to continue running after the marathon's over. And I am. Yeah. But not as long, not as much. What is this? What's the sweet spot? The Tommy crates sweet spot for a run. I feel like anywhere from four to eight miles is fine. Yeah. Me, I'm like four to eight feet or so. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. (laughs) Four to eight miles is actually like, oh, Okay. The moment it starts getting above 10 is like my things that I didn't even know existed start to hurt. Tommy, you know that this is like 26 miles, right? I do, okay. which is terrifying. Did somebody not tell I just want to make sure they told me, told they told me that. everything. And I thought like I romanticized it in my brain. I'm like, oh, I can do eight. Therefore, yeah, I can do totally. 26. Can easy. Do <laughs> no problem. Three times that. I'm going to crush it. It's going to be easy. It's going to feel all the same. 
but there's just something that happens and it's happened twice now at like right around the 15 16 mile mark that uh it some things start to hurt and um i was thinking about it i was like, like man muscles if, well like brain? tendons no yeah my brain always hurts but like tendons like things that i didn't even know that i've never had pain there before in my life th those things start to hurt and and then, and then i think about it and i'm like wow i have i have to do 10 more miles yeah and then i think well if it feels this way for 10 more miles there's there's a 100 percent chance that i'm crossing that finish line with tears in my eyes because it is oof so if people Trey's want to see, great. are it's, people going, are, is the Chicago Marathon something people watch? They do, yeah. I don't know if they'd watch it on TV. All right. But they like go there. Some people do right. to cheer people on. Do you have on. a team of people going to watch you run the marathon? Yeah, well, I've got my wife. Okay. And I think uh, Brian's wife, Brian and his wife will be there. Brian. Bradshaw. Okay. He's also running the marathon with me. Uh, there's a couple of other people who are okay. great. Yeah. And Luke Mead. This? When is this happening? August 9th. Or sorry, I keep saying August. That's my birthday, October. August 9th. October 9th. That's not, I think that's a Sunday. It is a Sunday. So, and oh, you're going to be... So you're, I don't understand. You're, how are you going to be at church that Say day? what? Uh, so here's what happens. is I think you're doing it too. But you're going to no, do I'm church not, in the morning I'm too. I'm not running the marathon at all. No. But you're preaching at the cathedral. Oh, in the afternoon. In yeah. the afternoon. Because yeah. they don't right. have a service in the morning because of the marathon. That's right. And then... So you'll be there... I'll be at the I'll be all at right, night for service. all of you out there who are interested in seeing Tommy post marathon. He will be at the 5 p.m. service yeah. at the cathedral. Yeah. Barely on walking August 9th. If you want to uh, give me a piggyback ride, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Bring some, bring carbs. Lots of carbs. <laughs> Hydration tablets, whatever you got. You know, I'm, I'm really be, looking forward to hearing uh, the stories yeah. after the marathon so that we can get an update regarding what the experience of running yeah. a marathon was I'm, for somebody who hates running. I'm like normally a pretty positive guy. Like, uh, oh yeah, it's going to be great. Like optimistic, you yeah. know? Um, and then I've gotten into this and I'm like, this is terrible. This is a bad idea. So when you were preaching this weekend and you talked about it, uh, people I need mean, to know that's accurate. I yeah. made mention of it. You did make yeah. mention of it. That and you don't want to do it. Yeah. And I'd like him dragging my feet and yeah, okay. it's all true. It's well, all true. Buffet your body, <laughs> make it your slave. Seems weakness is just call. wait pain is just weak i said it wrong darn it all right pain well, is weakness leaving to, the body there it is got it it's nailed time it to interview yes we have a really special guest today a very special guest claudia asher who is a, a ministry coordinator here at the rolling meadows campus and she has a story and you guys are going to talk about that right now let's go Well, here I'm sitting with Claudia Asher, who yep. is one of the most interesting people that I know here at Thank Harvest. You. Well, you are. <laughs> I, and I, but I don't know an awful lot about you. Mm -hmm. One of the things people need to know is that a lot of times when we sit down, when I sit down with people, I, I don't know a whole lot about them. So you're getting, you're, you're listening in on a conversation that I have just mm -hmm. with somebody who I'm trying to get to know a little bit. So this will be very much like that. Claudia, I have awesome. some questions for you, first of all, first of all, before... Let's go. 
that these are have nothing to do with anything, but just things that I, I think I know a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Number one, you like to use the word bougie. You, you always yes. say you're the bougiest Latin woman anywhere. Is that fair? Ooh, that's a big statement. I, mean, I think J-Lo is You say that. Bougie. Well, you say it about yourself. I've okay, heard in, it. In the Midwest. Okay. Let's say that. <laughs> she's, she's Midwestern bougie, yes. Latin bougie. Okay, so tell, tell me, what does bougie mean? So I don't even think I know what bougie means. Oh, good. I'm glad you use the word a lot then. Yeah, yeah. I'm bilingual. I can just say I'm bilingual. So half the stuff I say doesn't make sense. But to me, bougie means unique. So it's like something that's cool, something that's hip. Yeah. I think it's kind of what people used to use. People used to use the word preppy. And I think that's kind of what it means. Bougie is is snooty rich people stuff. And the reason I think it means that a little bit is because it comes from the word bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. And you know what a bourgeoisie is? I just found out last week. Oh, what is it? Um, something that's not good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, Karl Marx, mm-hmm. okay? Do you know? Karl, yeah. Anyway, Karl Marx, he, he had a theory, and he, he identified different groups of people. One was the proletariat, and the other is mm-hmm. the bourgeoisie. The proletariat is the working, working man, the class, mm-hmm. and the bourgeoisie tended to be the ruling class mm-hmm. and the ruling class were the wealthy people who kind of just took advantage of all the, yeah. so anyway, the word bougie is sort of become, you know, you live in the, in the, the trendy, uh, white house with the black, black, blackish windows and you drive a Mercedes AMG and oh, you, and you, you know, how you wear little tennis skirts all the time. That's a boot. That's what bougie women did. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. just like you. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> even know what a tennis skirt looks like. So here's the thing. I think that I, I agree with you 100% that you are one of the most unique, creative people that I have met. And right. it shows up in, largely in the way that you design your outfits. But here's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. And I've talked to you before about this. Yeah. You, you uh, buy your clothes from like thrift stores. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay, yeah. how did you get into that? We're going to get into your story yeah. in a second, but I want to know, how did you get into thrifting? I mean, I grew up on thrift stores. Like, I didn't go to Target until I got married. So Is Target me, like the definition of... A bougie? The, the good <laughs> Actually, kind of is. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, that's all I shopped. So it was secondhand, stuff that was on clearance. I will not buy something that's full price. Okay. Until this day. Even now, like seriously, now. you wouldn't go. If I gave you the money, you still wouldn't go. You'd like feel, no, no. you'd feel against it. Yeah. Like okay. I need a coupon. I need a sale. Okay. So tell us if for all those in the listening audience mm-hmm. who are thinking, yeah, you know what? I would do that, but I don't know where I would go. Oh. Help people out. Or you, is this one of those things that like is a secret fishing spot that you don't, you don't want to tell people because they might come and steal your stuff. It used to be that way, and then now I'm like, I just want to help other people. Okay, help people out success. then. So last chance at Yorktown Mall in Lombard. Last chance, mm-hmm. Yorktown Mall in yes. Lombard. Okay, what's so good about last chance? So whatever they don't sell at Nordstrom or Nordstrom Rack, they send it here. Oh. And they, it's like super crazy cheap. So my whole outfit from today is from last chance. Okay. And I didn't pay. How often do you go to last chance? Oh, um, I don't know if I want to say that. Every Friday, you will find me there. At really? 5 p.m. For how long? Two hours. Wow. <laughs> Do you 
Do you like you must like shopping then? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, but you it's don't like chaos. shopping like at the mall mall. You like shopping at Flash thrift trends. stores yeah. because it's sort of a treasure hunt. Uh-huh. All yeah. right. No, I first yeah. I'm okay, you're wearing a coat right now that's mm-hmm. like it's a leather coat. It looks like something that uh I mean, it's very pretty. It's got designed f- roses. Is that roses on the mm-hmm. arms, like stitched roses, and about thirteen holes in the lapel? And I don't know why. Yeah, I'm assuming that's a design thing. Okay, so how long did it take you to find this coat? I've never seen a coat like this before. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Yeah. How long did it take you to get this coat? I mean, when I went to Last Chance, probably within like an hour of my search. Really. Mm-hmm. You have to How much hunt. money does that cost? Because that so looks like an expensive coat. Normally it was like 120. I paid 10 bucks. Wow. So that's why I thrift. Ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really impressive, to be honest yeah. with you. Okay. Then you get more clothes for least amount. Do you have a lot of clothes in your closet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's a it's an issue. Now that I have a baby, yes. I was using her nursery as my walk-in closet. Yeah. That was the saddest day, was having to condense it. Did you send? Saddest, did you take stuff to the thrift store? I went to go sell it. I bet you did. Yeah, I sold it at a thrift store. Wow! Mm-hmm. So you're making money on the clothes. Uh huh. That's remarkable. I actually am going to yeah. say, so, okay, give me another store besides the one you just mentioned. If so I was, if I'm like Lombard, I don't want to drive to Lombard to save. I'm going to spend the money on the gas. But the cool thing about about Last Chance is that there's only two in the U.S. What? So this one, and then there's one in Arizona. So it's worth going to it. Last chance mm-hmm. in Lombard. Okay. There's any yeah. other scores? This is the only one you thrift at now. No, Savers. Savers. Yeah. So I How's call that it different? Savers Monday because on Mondays it's 50% off of everything. <laughs> Why on Monday? I don't know. I don't know. But you'll <laughs> find me there at 9 a.m. <laughs> 9 a.m. Mondays, mm-hmm. you're at Savers. And where's Savers? So there's one in Bloomingdale. There's one in Schaumburg. Okay. And then there's uh, Crystal Lake. It's not as good as the last chance. No. But it's... It's still good. Yeah. And what do they have? Is that is that actual like that's like a goodwill pond stuff? Yes. Like people have brought it in and it's like yeah. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. Like there's a stench when you walk in. <laughs> like you will leave smelling like a okay. Store. But it's a good it it's like it's a bad stench, but it's a good store. Yeah. I mean, rich people just donate all their stuff. So and that's the one they'd go to. Mm-hmm. Rich people. Yeah. Bougie all right. people. All right. Now that I know what bougie means. Yeah. The bourgeoisie. <laughs> there you go. See, don't ever tell me yet. Tell me that I didn't ever taught you anything. Mm-hmm. Claudia, where are you from? What's where, like, yeah. where did you grow up? Yeah. So I'm from Glendale Heights, Illinois. So it's like 30 minutes from here. All I right. Which direction? Life. People are listening and they're oh. like, I know exactly where that is, South. but I don't have a clue. South. So okay. by like Whedon. Oh, okay. That's the closest thing. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many brothers and sisters did you have? I have one sister. Okay, older younger. or young, younger. younger? So you're the oldest sister. Mm-hmm. And did yeah. you like, were you a good older sister? I like to think I was. Like you I looked mean, after your sister or oh, were you somebody sure. who was a little bit more, you know, stick your nose in her business? No, get, get I your, looked out Get your her. hands off of my clothes. That kind no, of No, I gave her all my clothes. So. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I was very protective. I mean, I'm a Latina, so yeah. there's that spiciness in, in me. That's so. right. So we're... What did your family, what did your parents do for work? Yeah, my mom worked um, at the like the local YMCA, and okay. then my dad worked for like a nursing home retirement community. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's how did, I want to know how he got into that. Was it just something I that have he? No clue. You have no. Have you ever asked him? 
I mean, th- his answer has always been, well, it gave me a paycheck. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, did you play any sports or anything when you were a kid? No. No, I did not. So are, I should have. Were you good at like seriously? When you say yeah. you should have, what should have played what? So I should have played basketball. Why? I was really good because I was like the only tall one in my school. Oh yeah. But like I, the first thing I asked was, "Do I have to run?" And their answer was yes. Like you need to train. So and you said, I said no, thank you. I'm done. Uh huh. I said if I can't just stand here and make hoops, then I'm out. Okay. So and I. So if had they positioned you mm-hmm. just under the basket, yeah, I would have done it. And. And just said, just stay here. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have worked. That would have been amazing. Okay. What school did you go to? WNBA. Uh, <laughs> I went to Glenbard West. Lombard West. Glenbard West. Glenbard. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenbard West. Yeah. And what year did you graduate from high school? 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you grow up in the church? Is it, did your family mm-hmm. grow up taking you to church? So my mom always tried to take us to church. Like, she got saved um, when she was pregnant with me. Okay. So there was, like, some infidelity going on between my dad. Yeah. So she had found out. She ran to a local church that really supported her, um, gave her life to Christ. And then when we were born, she tried to take us to church, but that was always a huge issue between her and my dad. Yeah. It was always, like, the church or our marriage. Oh, wow. So we would go to church occasionally, but we would have to tell my dad we were going to the mall (laughs) and then go to church. So kind of deceptive. <laughs> kind of deceptive, but for, I suppose, good, yeah. good, good reasons. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of grew up in, a, what kind of church was it? Yeah, it was a Pentecostal church. Okay. So a small Hispanic Pentecostal church. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. Spanish speaking? Yes. Yeah, okay. So yeah. are you, would you consider yourself a Pentecostal today? No, not anymore. But that was a hard transition, like yeah. going from a church like that to Harvest. Describe your Pentecostal church for those of you, so those who yeah. are listening. And so like what makes your, what what, make, what would make, if I walked into your Pentecostal church mm-hmm. when you were young, yeah. what makes that different than walking into Harvest Bible Chapel today? So everyone would speak in tongues, like the minute they like whenever, you. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the moment you'd walk into the church, they're, they're yeah, rolling they were in. they going at it. Okay. Uh-huh. Even in the bathroom, they were going at it. <laughs> Um, like laying of hands. Yeah. So you would see a lot of altar calls. Yeah. Um, just very charismatic. So like people like dancing in the aisles, those like flag dancers. Did you ever do the flag dancing? I did. Good. I did. Yeah. My, I've been to some churches actually where they do that. When I say flag dancing, there are people who will take flags and they will wave, wave them while Mm -hmm. they, while we sing. Yeah. It's just a way for them to. Yeah. To dress themselves. Yeah. But you were one of the flag dancers. I was one of the flag dancers. Okay. Did you have a particular routine you'd use? Uh-huh. Did you? So like it yeah. was something they prepared. It wasn't just like, I'm just going to do this as I go, but you kind of had a, no, a vibe. Yeah. yeah. We had like a dance team. So what? we would rehearse. You were on a week. dance team mm-hmm. for church. Yes. You had a church. church dance team. We did have a church okay. dance team. This is a ministry we need to start here at Harvest church Bible dance Chapel team. and that you're going to be the church dance team coordinator. Yes. Castro at harvestbiblechapel.org. <laughs> Send me all your recommendations. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that kind of is a sport then. Would you say that's a sport? Well, kind of, right? Yeah. So like it's sort of like a cheerleader, but a little bit yeah, less sweating. dependent on the boys team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the yeah, dance team. Yes. Okay. So I, yeah, I was very athletic then. All right. Yeah. So how many, did, when did you start dancing when you were young? No, no, I didn't. Would you say you're good at it? No, I have two left feet, but 
at that point I was like, if the Lord wants to use me, then okay. he can have my two left feet. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed doing it. Dancing. What was your favorite kind of dancing? Did you do it just for church though? You yeah, just did it, it for, just church. for church. Like you wouldn't go and dance like hip hop or anything. Oh no. Okay. No, no, no. No, just for church. Have you ever thought about doing like the TikTok dances? Claudia, this is a way for you I to buy more. I refuse to download Claudia, TikTok. this is a way for you to buy more clothes. Is if you got, yeah, if you were a had all the followers on the mm -hmm. Instagram reels thing. Yeah. With your, you could do your little like uh, Pentecostal dances and then people would watch you <laughs> more and more. Or I could do those dances at the thrift stores. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, now we're, yeah. now we're, now, now we're, we're talking. talking. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Um, so did, so you grew up and would you call yourself a, a Christian when you were a kid? No, like I hated God. With a passion. Oh, why? Yeah. So my mom started taking us to church um, when I was in elementary school. So that's when we would go to yeah. the mall, go to church. Um, but we would have to sneak behind my dad's back to do it. Yeah. Um, and then there was a season where he found out that we were doing what we were doing. Um, and there was always a lot of like marital issues between my parents. Yeah. Um, and just my dad was a very absent father. So I grew up not being able to see God as a father figure. Yeah. Um, and then when I would see my parents argue about faith, like that made me really angry because I would have to get in between their yeah their fights to keep it from going physical. Oh wow. So yeah. a lot of it was like, you know, if God's so merciful, if he's so loving, then yeah. why do we have to get all this flack for going to church? Mm. Like shouldn't it be a good thing to go to church? So yeah, that continued up until I was fifteen and that's when I gave my life to Christ. So you sort of followed in your father's mindset. Yeah. 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 Well for me it was like like, I didn't like being the referee to oh, go I to see. church. Oh, I see. So. so did you ever stop going to church? Or did, was it just a point at which you went to church and it kind of sort of hit you? Like, how did you yeah. come to faith in, in Jesus then? Yeah. Yeah. I kept just going to church just to kind of make my mom happy um, and just to be with her. Like, I didn't want to be at home because I didn't want to be with my dad. Um, we didn't have a good relationship up until probably like a year and a half ago. Mm. That's when we kind of mended that relationship. Um, so when I was 15, I started going to a different church with my mom because we had moved. So we went to this new church and that's when like the people actually started demonstrating the love of Christ mm. in a really powerful way. Mm. Um, and just really helping me realize that my dad's actions were not who God was because I had a, a huge trouble kind of separating those two. Like I didn't understand how my physical father could be so abusive yeah and then how god could be so loving and i don't even see god so that was hard for me to kind of rationalize at risk of asking a question you don't need mm -hmm. to answer this question yeah. okay but like what what was it like growing up in a in a family where your dad was mm -hmm. well violent yeah like how, how did you process that yeah well for him it wasn't like physical like there was times where it was going to get physical yeah so like I would kind of stand in between my parents to keep that from happening but it was more like emotional and verbal right um so that was that was hard to grow up with um and learn to forgive him as well yeah because I grew up kind of having to be the father figure for my sister and then yeah. having to support my mom yeah so having to work from 15 to start helping my mom pay yeah. for things yeah that was the difficult part was kind of having to grow up pretty young. Yeah. So um, what was your first job then? The YMCA. So, so you got in working. where your mom was. Yep. Yeah. What mm -hmm. did you do at the YMCA? I took care of kids. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So a kid taking care of other kids. 
That's that's great though, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. So when you graduated from high school, uh, did you what? What'd you do? Did you go to to a school, or would you just go straight into the workforce? What did What was your plan? Yeah, I went to community college for two years to okay. be a teacher. So to teach what? Like what grade did you want to teach? I, like a yeah, I um, went to do bilingual education for yeah. like preschool. Yeah. So did that for two years, and then I transferred to Judson University in Elgin. Yes. And started the education program and then immediately realized that that was not for me. Why? Well, I was doing it to make my dad happy. Like he really wanted me to be a teacher and I wanted to please my dad. Yeah. So, you know, I had a huge come to Jesus moment. Like this is not where the Lord's calling me and got involved in the homeless ministry at Judson. Okay. What was the homeless ministry at Judson? What'd you do? Yeah. So every Friday night we would go out to the city and just witness to homeless people, just care for them provide basic needs and just kind of sit and have a meal with them. So the is there school, a specific spa- place you went to in the city? Yeah. Just anywhere downtown. Yeah. Um, so really by like the magnificent mile. Yeah. And then in downtown Elgin, it was right by the river yes. is where a lot of them live. So we would just kind of go underneath there and find who we could. Yeah. Yeah. And take care of them. Did you mm-hmm. go back to the same place repeatedly and got, so you got to know some yep. of the same people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for some people that's, uh, that's a scary thought mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. Why is that not a scary thought for you? For me, it was like, yes, it's like freaky that I'm talking to a stranger who I don't know if they could hurt me. But in reality, it was like, I'd rather just serve and whatever that costs, it's going to cost me. Yeah. But I'd rather leave this world serving than yeah. kind of wondering like the what ifs of like, what can the Lord have done if I would have gone? Yeah. So. That's that. That's great. So you graduated from Hud, uh, Hudson, Judson, <laughs> in uh, twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, so that's not very long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, How old are you? Twenty eight. You're a young woman. Mm, I feel like I'm getting old. Do you feel that yeah, way? I found a gray hair oh, the other day. Oh, Claudia, no, you're not. You're yeah. not old quite yet. Uh, so. What did you, what, like, what was your first job then in 2017? Did you work for Harvest? Yeah. So after graduating, when I When did you meet your husband? 2017. Okay. So you graduated the yeah. same year. Did he go to college with you? No. He went to Roosevelt University. Okay. In downtown. And how did you meet him? So Harvest did a dating app in 2017. I've heard about so the they, dating app. Yep. They called T- it Harvest Tell me Connect. about Harvest Connect. And mm-hmm. so how did this work? It didn't work. Well, it it obviously, it worked. Here you are, yeah. married to your man, yeah. and you met him through the Harvest app. I did, yeah. So did, was it like, did it have an algorithm and it would match you up? It was like a Christian Tinder. So you swiped left or you swiped right. Okay. So yeah. for my husband and I, I swiped no, and he swiped yes. <laughs> and the app was that bad that it connected us still. <laughs> So he like slides into my DMs and I'm like, why is this guy that I said no messaging me? Did you, did you tell him that when, when he wrote you in your DM? No. Look, I swiped the other way. <laughs> yes. Sorry. There's a glitch. Let me email the pastor. <laughs> no. So yeah, it still connected us. And I was like, you know what? Let me just give him a chance. I don't okay. want to say no. I kind of think, just so you know, yeah. I actually think this is kind of a clever idea. Yeah. The the dating app. I just think it's it's, Are you bring it back? it's creative. No, but I I think <laughs> I actually think it it it's it's lovely and creative mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, would provide a place for people to, you know, who profess faith in Christ mm-hmm. to to do. I mean, I think you can yeah. do that on a lot of the other apps now. 
yeah. right? Like an E harmony yeah. or whatever it is. I think that they basically ask you if you're Christian and what kind yeah, of Christian, I mean, what level of Christian, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I do think that those apps probably do it, but I do think it's great for yeah. a local church to say, okay, so here's a bunch of people who might connect with yeah. each other. So you, anyway, you, you swiped. Did you yes. feel at all bad being on this Christian Tinder? Um, I did. Yeah. There's no, cause there's, like you wouldn't share that with other people or were you sharing that no, did, your friends knew it. this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just felt weird. Um, and then what felt more weird is like if you were messaging someone and then you ghosted them, like yeah, yeah. didn't respond and yeah. then they were sitting next to you in church the next Sunday. But you knew it because they're. Yeah. Well, they knew it face. too because you didn't respond back. Oh, and so. they'd seen your face because mm-hmm. of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the awkward part. It's a great it's a great way to build unity in the body. <laughs> it definitely is. And <laughs> repentance. <laughs> so, anyway, you you what did you guys do the first t- time you met? Yeah, we went to a coffee house in Schaumburg. Okay. And did you immediately mm-hmm. think to yourself I've made an error in my judgment? Oh, for sure. Well, cuz his pictures from the app were was from when he was in high school. Like he used really old pictures. So he was not the person see, that walked did, in. Did you I hope you told him this. I did. Like, you're not a really good marketer here, buddy. I for sure did. Like, that was our first conversation. You sh- Come on. You yeah. ha- don't have a more recent picture. Instead, mm-hmm. you use the goofy one from high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, no, I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. This guy is handsome. Yeah. So, then you decided that, uh, did you, I mean, assuming, obviously, you guys got along right away, or was it a bit of a rocky start, or did you have pretty much the... the uh, Picture perfect? Yeah. You know what I mean? You dated for yeah. a little while, and then you got married. Yeah, I mean, we, so he ended up ghosting me after our first date. Whoa. So, like, stopped texting me and then started texting me again. And then. Was that on purpose? Yeah. I think he was just playing hard to get. Was he? Yeah. But then I called him a friend and he got upset that I called him a friend. So then we had the DTR conversation. Yeah, the define the relationship. Uh And then we made it official. Okay. So then we just, yeah, we've kept dating since then. All right. And so when did you get married? Oh, 2019, November. So almost wow, three two, years. So two years after you met him. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got, so you've been married three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have you worked at Harvest the whole time? So I worked at Harvest right after college for about a year. I worked okay. at Walk in the Word. Yes. Um, what, would you the, do, what were you doing at Walk in the Word? Yeah. So I was a customer service representative. So I sat behind the phone and answered phone calls, prayed for people. Um, a lot of the people that called to like accept Christ, we yeah. would help lead them. Yeah. So... That would have been it was awesome. that, that would have been a great ministry. Oh yeah, the Lord did to, such an amazing work. Yeah, and be able to speak to people mm-hmm. in their moment of difficulty or crisis, and they're coming. You know, yeah, they're they're looking for something and someone, mm-hmm. and you get a chance to talk to them, actually show some pastoral care. That's really great. Yeah, and it's cool when it's your church, so you get to yeah. really talk about what the Lord's doing in your church. Yeah, and not have to fake it. So yeah, yeah, I loved it. So you're there for a year, mm-hmm. and then and then what? Yeah, and then just when everything transitioned, yeah. um, I was let go. So then after that, I went to go work for a homeless shelter as Where? a case manager. Two page pads. Okay. Was that your yeah. kind of your dream job? It was, yeah. Anything that's like outreach yeah, is my dream. So being, but being involved with it, I mean, it sounds like you were involved in the homeless ministry mm-hmm. at Judson, and then you yeah. get involved in that. Did you think you were going to be there for a long time? At Walk in the Word? No, at the other one. Um. Yeah, I for sure did. But it didn't. La, you didn't no. stay there. No. What brought you back to Harvest then? Um, Pastor Ramirez did. <laughs> did he? Yeah. So I started serving um, during COVID. They were having some like food drives out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I was involved in that. And then Pastor Ramirez had asked if um, I would consider coming back to Harvest. So 
Okay. Him and Stephanie kind of met with me like, hey, can you consider Stephanie just praying Alford. about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, how long, when did you start working here? Ooh, it'll be two years in November. So Oh my word. Yeah. You only showed up months prior to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Claudia, I didn't know that. I thought you were yeah. like an old seasoned veteran. No, All this new. time I've been thinking to myself, if yeah. I need anything, I'm going to ask Claudia because she no. knows the way, her way around this place. And now I realize oh, we're not. We're both new. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What are your reflections about Harvest? You can be honest. Yeah. Nobody's listening. I mean, sure? it. There's, seriously, there's nobody listening to this thing. <laughs> no, Harvest, I, I love Harvest. I mean, I've been here for 10 years just as like a church member. Yeah. So I've seen. What's the best part of Harvest then? You had to summarize one or two things. Yeah, I love just how like people could be real. Yeah, like I mean, this is where I've like grown so much, and I have brothers and sisters in Christ who are not afraid to tell me how it is, mm-hmm. and I love that because I feel like so many times as believers we're like, oh, I don't want to offend them or right or push their buttons, but people are so real here, yeah. and I like I need that. Yeah, I need someone to tell me how it is. Okay, and what's the hardest thing about it? The, um, you know, the way we say yeah. this is like, where could Harvest grow? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think just the the outreach portion. Okay. Um, I think that's where we just need to be better at is how to be care for our community and how to be care for those in our church. And you're doing, but you're doing a lot to actually change that. This has been one of our yeah. f- focus. The word is actually foci, mm-hmm. but I know nobody likes yeah. it, but this is focuses. Mm-hmm. This has been in some of our campuses has yeah. ba- basically been how, how is it that we can transition mm-hmm. to reach out into our local communities? Because yeah. the way that Harvest used to be able to reach out is basically through the radio, through Walking yeah. the Word, mm-hmm. and that, which was amazing, right? They'd, they'd, yeah. they'd, James was on the radio, and then people would mm-hmm. come to the church because of that connection. And so there wasn't quite as much of a need to have a massive connection with the yeah. local you know, police or mm-hmm. other groups. Um, but now, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have a radio ministry. There's not yeah. a massive draw to the church uh, other than word of mouth type stuff. So if we want to, if we want people to be involved in the community of faith here, we're mm-hmm. actually going to have to go to them. Yeah. Which is what you're doing and involved mm-hmm. a lot in it. So you're involved in the Hope Center. Yes. So tell me, tell me what that is. Yeah. So the Hope Center, it's a ministry that we have here. So we started it during covid and then officially we brought it into the church of January 2021. But it's basically our food pantry. But we don't want it to just stick to a food pantry. We want to be able to provide hope to those that are in need, whether that's in the community or in our church as well. So who comes to the Hope Center? First of all, when is it yeah. open? Saturdays. Saturdays. Mm-hmm. All day? Nope. 10 to noon here. Okay, and then 10 we also to have noon. Elgin and Crystal Lake. And they all, all at the same time? No, Elgin's a little bit different. So okay. they're 9 to 11. Okay. But if you came to Rolling Meadows, mm-hmm. you you come ten to ten to noon. noon. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would happen if I'm somebody who who need needed? I mean, obviously, I would yeah. need food, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically the big pressing yes. need. Yeah. So you'd come in, you get checked in. Um, we have an incredible group of volunteers that they really make our families feel welcomed when they check in. Um, and then you get a number, and once your number is called, you get to go select the food that would be a blessing to your family. So it's like a grocery, little grocery yeah. store. Mm-hmm. So I it's call not it mini you, Target. Yeah, but you like yeah, mini. Yeah, you don't put uh, like a basket. You're not giving no. people like a basket. They get to pick what yeah. what they want. Can they pick anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and that's the dignity of it. Is like we're not just handing them stuff that they might throw away, 
or yeah. like their culture doesn't allow them to eat. Right. So, so then they take that, you guys walk, do they, they go with the person who is mm-hmm. hosting them then? Yeah. They get a volunteer that helps them go through the store is what we call it. Yeah. So that it literally looks like a store. Yeah, it's it really cool. And they get a shopping cart. They get to choose what would be a benefit to them. Um, and then before they leave, they get asked for prayer or okay. if this church can be serving them in a different way. Okay. Uh, how has this ministry, give me some, a story or two about how this ministry has influenced people in the yeah. community. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of a family right now that they're now they're members of the church and they came through the Hope Center, very broken, single mom going through a custody battle and just the way that like the volunteers came alongside them. Like that's what fuels me is being able to see the church just rise up yeah. and care for them. And now their kids are involved. Their kids are serving in high five as leaders. And I see him at church every week now. And even this past weekend, like she was up at the Hope Center serving. So it's come f- like full yeah, circle. So yeah, you yeah. have this person who was helped by the Hope Center mm-hmm. and then, yeah, starts serving at the Hope Center after a yeah. few years of doing that that kind of thing. So what is what would you, you're kind of getting more and more power. You're consolidating power at the Hope Center, aren't you? What does that mean? I don't know. You're kind of in charge of it now. Oh, No. <laughs> no. Nope, I'm a ministry coordinator. I will do what I'm doing. What would you love to see the Hope Center do? Yeah, I think just being able to really, like, connect our other campuses. um, Just because the ministry is not just, like, a Rolling Meadows ministry. It's not just an Elgin ministry, but it's our church's ministry. Um, But I think just being able to have our church recognize that there's an opportunity to do mission work right in our own backyard. Yes. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is recognizing that there's a mission right across the street. Yeah. And we often fail to view it that way. Yeah. Well, we think about, you know, missions is something you do when you go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not yeah. something you do when you go to Arlington Heights. Yeah. Um, and yet that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we know that, that ultimately the, the nations actually have come to, to us. And in fact, yeah. nowadays, there's so many people in need. I mean, the economy is not going to help mm-hmm. a lot of this. There's yeah. so many people in need. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's. So if, listen, if you're listening to this and you know of some family or you are a family or something like that who needs help, uh, 10 to noon, Rolling Meadows campus, you can come here. Claudia will help you. Yes. She will be here. I know that John Smith, who's the campus pastor here, he's a significant part of it. Mm-hmm. Ramirez and some yeah. others there, they're all here and they would love to help you in any way yeah. at all. And is this something that you're hoping to grow beyond just, um, just, uh, food? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of the things that we're doing is, like, how do we do more outreach events as well? Like, how do we get our church out into the community? Right. Um, so Serve Our City is another thing that we've kind of done. What's that? So it's a day where just our community goes out and serves. So that's how we really recognize a lot of the needs. Because um, a lot of the times we think we're going to learn the needs. So what would form. you do? Like, what would you do on a Serve Your City day? Yeah, so we went to a local school, a local low-income apartment complex, and just got to know the people and then just served whatever they needed. Right. So you ask them and the school might say, oh, mm-hmm. we need this area cleaned up or yeah. we need to have a, uh, some, some repairs made to the, mm-hmm. to the play structures or things yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's been a huge way of how we've been able to spread the word about the Hope Center is getting to know the needs in the community. Yeah. And the schools, I'm assuming the schools are happy to communicate to the people because that's ultimately mm-hmm. what you want to do is yeah. say, listen, if you have some people mm-hmm. in your school who need help, you just need to know that we're here and we're happy to, yeah. Be part of it. Yeah. They've sent like families over that's or great. if like the family doesn't have transportation, we've taken stuff there oh, and absolutely. then have them deliver it. 
it is an awesome ministry and it is not funny, funny in a providential way. I don't mean, haha. Uh, how the Lord used, um, harvest during a pandemic (laughs) to, to all of a sudden kind of go, Hey, look at, look at all the stuff that's around us. Mm -hmm. Look at the way that we can care and, and, and seek our neighbors. Good. And, um, yeah, may, may it long last. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I grew up on food pantries. So to me, it's like, we have such an incredible opportunity to plant those seeds. Yeah. And I know growing up, like I've seen the churches do it well and I've seen the churches do it not so great. Yeah. So it's cool to be able to see just the Lord, what the Lord's done. Yeah. Okay. I've got it. Listen, it's been awesome talking to you. I have a lightning round that I want to stop. You know what that means? Like, I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah. And they're just the ones that come to my, come, come to my mind. Right. Sounds good. Okay. Where's your family from your heritage? Mexico. Where in Mexico? So my mom's from Zacatecas, and then my dad's from Aguascalientes. Yeah, I heard both of those were totally, I got both Just of think those. the middle of Mexico. The middle yes, of, of Mexico. Mexico. How often mm-hmm. do you go to Mexico? Not very often. I haven't gone since I was 12. What would be your favorite place to go? Because most people, that's like, yeah. Mexico is a vacation spot for us. Where's uh-huh. the best place to go for vacation in Mexico? I think the city. So Mexico City. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not Puerto Vallarta, not Mazatlan, not no, Cancun. That's no. not even Mexico. I was in Cancun a couple months ago. Yeah, that is not, not Mexico. No, it's the it's, airport's Mexico, and then you walk out and you're in. Yeah, well, you go to these little. Yeah. Did you go to one of those uh, all inclusive places? Yep. Yeah, we went for a wedding. And what's the ver- what's the verdict? You'll go back. Not to that one, but I'll go back. Okay. I like the all inclusive stuff. Yeah, that was my first all inclusive one. <laughs> bet you do. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. I'm like, if you want to make food for me and I can just, yeah, yeah, hang out and you have this massive pool, I'm, 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 I'm good to go. It was sweet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, most interesting part that your husband has to deal with being married to a Latina? Using the bilingual excuse quite often. <laughs> you use it. I use it very often. Meaning I don't understand what you're saying? Yes. And then he has to look at me like, you for sure know what you're saying. <laughs> That's a good move. Uh-huh. All right. That's yeah, good he move. Loves it. Do you ever speak Spanish in front of your husband about your husband to other people? So my mom lives with us. Okay. So I speak to her about my husband. Does he have a clue what you're talking about? He does now. Yeah. So now that we have a baby, we're yeah. trying to teach her Spanish and English. Yeah. So I'm telling him that he has to learn. So he's pretty good at it now. Okay. What's your baby's name? Izzy. And how old is she? She is almost a month, a month on the ninth. Aren't you supposed to be at home resting? Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are a worker, man. You mm-hmm. you just like being out and about. You do though, right? I mean, that's kind yeah. of one of your character traits is that you're you're a little antsy to get moving. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't sit still. Okay. So, who is your favorite work colleague? That's really hard. I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, I want you to offend somebody. That's why I asked. Go Ashlyn. Ashlyn is your favorite mm-hmm. work colleague. And why is Ashlyn your favorite work colleague? Because Ashlyn reminds me of myself. Like, she'll just say what's on her mind, okay. reg- regardless of how it sounds. Yeah. So, so anybody who reminds you of you is your favorite, because you're your oh, favorite. That sounds really selfish. It kind of does, <laughs> but, you know. No. It's okay, Claudia. I, I tell Ashlyn you're the that, You're the woman who talks Spanish in front of your husband about him. They're good things. <laughs> Like, he's so handsome, right, Mom? 
No, Ashlyn's like my Hispanic sister, but she's not Hispanic. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's the like. Yeah. And so are you. I mean that. I've I've been here a year or whatever, and I actually mean it. I, Claudia, I do see you do work and stuff, and I, you, there's not a person here who has a negative thing to say about anything that you do. So you should be really encouraged. Praise how God. the Lord awesome. how the Lord's using you here, and I'm thankful you're here. Yeah. Although I I feel a little bit weird now because you have been here the, the, the same, same time. time as I have, and here I was all thinking that you knew something. Oh well, you're like she's old. Yeah, if I ever need anything, I'll go to Claudia. Yeah. And apparently not. I mean, you could, and then You'll if I don't like, know, I'll redirect you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, listen, if you're around the Rolling Meadows campus, Claudia is easy to find. She is the most colorfully uh, <laughs> dressed woman that you, will, that you will see, and she'll be walking around the hallways and probably be hovering near the Hope Center. Mm-hmm. You kind of are, even during the weekends, kind of around there. Yeah, I love the Hope Center. Yeah, and she'll be in the hallways and stuff, and you mm-hmm. can talk to her there. And uh, she's well worth the conversation. So thanks a lot for being yeah, on the no, thanks for having me. The podcast, and uh, we'll talk to the rest of you next time. <laughs>